since 12 hours after I walked out of the Oval Office or out of the White House, there was a leak about it. And whoever did the leaking leaked lies. I decided it was time I told the truth. I would never even been mentioned I was there if it were not for the fact that they had leaked to lies to the New York Times. Just be clear. I mean, I had turned to Flynn after about 20 minutes of this saying, this is the most surreal thing I've ever seen. They were yelling at the president at one point. They weren't just yelling at us. They were yelling at the president. We have 50,000 affidavits that have been written by Americans of both parties about things they saw and experienced. We have statistical evidence. We have computer forensics. We have a mountain of evidence. If we bend a knee on this, it's not like it's going to get better in 2022 or 2024. It's the end. It's the end of our experiment. If you have not been looking at C60 as a means to significantly improve your health and your immunities, you should be. Here's why. First, a strong and healthy immune system is your body's first defense. And for those with a strong immune system, your body will adequately fight illnesses without medical intervention. Second, C60 is safe. As long as you're taking a high quality C60 with no added fillers or solvents. Third, C60 is the best means of removing free radicals from your body that exist. It's at least 200 times better at this function than vitamin C and any other antioxidant. This is the magic. When you free up your body's resources from fighting free radicals, they then can focus their attention on healing. Every person has different needs, but the magic begins when your body can start to heal. So now it becomes clear, you need the best free radical fighter that exists, and that is C60 with black seed oil and curcumin. Go to sarahwestel.com shop and learn more about why this formula is so powerful. Also available by diffuser with ultra, ultra refined C60 oil to safely get directly into your lungs. It's also the best way to help your family pets by just being in the same room. Be sure to read the research and of course, use the current coupons to save money when you buy. Patrons also receive a 10% discount. You can find that code at patreon.com slash sarahwessel. Remember, keeping you and your family safe is the most important thing you can do. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Patrick Byrne coming to the show, and there are bombshells all throughout, especially in the second half. This is a long show. It's two parts, and he also sticks around for my Patreons and for my SarahWestall.tv subscribers, so be sure if you're a subscriber to watch that one as well. He wants to emphasize how important it is for you to go to Washington, D.C. this coming January 4th, 5th, and 6th next week, especially the 5th, because the 6th is when they're going to be doing the voting, and the 5th, you want to be there by then. So all that energy, all that noise, all that people and crowds are there before they vote and just send a huge message of what the American people want to do. Google whistleblower Zach Voorhees also wants to emphasize how important it is for as many people as possible to get to D.C. as well. He will be speaking at the Stop the Steal event, and he created a message for my listeners, which I will play now. Hey, Sarah, this is Zach Voorhees, Google whistleblower, coming at you to tell you about something that I'm really excited about, the MAGA Freedom Early D.C. happening on January 6th in Washington, D.C., right next to the Senate building. It's being sponsored by my friend, Charlene Bollinger, 
and a lot of really high profile uh, influencers are going to be there. And so if any of your audience members are going to the Stop the Steel rally in Washington, D.C., come meet us at the fairgrounds at 10 a.m. at the stage and uh, come and hang out. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be talking there. Roger Stone's going to be there. A lot of the major influencers are going to be there, and so should you. So thank you very much, Sarah. And for all of you, see you at Stop the Steal. So hopefully you will join Zach and many others who will be there. It is critical that everyone who can be there will be there. So this interview with Patrick Byrne should be shared far and wide. Censorship keeps so much from Americans, and without a group effort to keep this information circulating, most Americans and people around the world, frankly, will never ever hear the truth. So much of what we are doing is for the world citizens. And obviously the election is an American election, but so much of this is going to impact the world. And so much of what I do in my interviews is for the citizens of the world. And so before I get into this really important conversation that I have, I want to warn you that this video does cut out a bit. My internet is so crappy, as many of you know. So that's why I've been doing audio on my part and as much as I can video with my, with my guests. But if the audio is not good enough, then we move to audio only. And so in this particular situation, he, it's about 10 minutes in and then he moves to audio only. And it's not that bad, but then the quality gets, uh, really good after that. So just please be patient with it. And before I get into this interview with Patrick as well, I want to tell you his background a little a little bit. Most people know him as the CEO of Overstock, which is a huge deal. He's a multi-billionaire and he started Overstock, but he also is a true patriot. He has a PhD from Stanford. He's intermingled with all those people up there and he has some opinions to say about that as well. And he is a fighter and he has been sticking up for the American people for at least a decade now. And there's so many stories out there about him and you'll hear a lot today. I really, really like Patrick Byrne. I think he's a great person and I think you'll get a glimpse of that in this interview. So let's now get into this discussion with Patrick Byrne. Patrick, thank you so much for joining the program. Sarah, it's an honor to be on your show. Well, I um, <laughs> I heard your show with Dave Janda, and I thought it was absolutely excellent. It was information that uh, American people need to hear. Uh, I don't want to rehash the whole show he did because people should go watch his show. But I do want you to give us an overview, um, a summary of what happened. And then I want to talk about what happened after that, what we know since then and what you know. So can you briefly talk about what you did? I mean, a lot of my listeners have already seen that episode, but can you talk about what happened there and then what happened after? Okay, I've done a couple Dave Janda shows, so I'm not sure which one you're referring to. So you need to ask me the question, if you don't mind. Talking about what happened where? What are you What? Well, what happened at the White House meeting when you were there with... Um, General Flynn and Sidney Powell at the White House meeting with Donald Trump. That's the one that I'm really interested in. Well, okay. Let me first state that it is normal etiquette. Of course, one would never discuss. I would never discuss what was discussed in the Oval Office or in the White House. But since 12 hours after I walked out of the Oval Office or out of the White House, 
there was a leak about it and whoever did the leaking uh, leaked lies, I decided it was time I told the truth. I would never even mentioned I was there if it were not for the fact that they had leaked to lies to the New York Times. Uh, what happened at the Oval Office is first, Pat Cipollone, who's the general counsel, was revealed to be a complete liar. He, uh, I was there with Flynn, Sidney, and another female attorney who worked for Sidney. It was the general counsel, Pat Cipollone, and a couple juniors, one of whom who has since left for 10 times the salary. I, uh, they are giving such bad legal advice. They're absolutely in the mode of, oh, Mr. President, there's nothing you can do. Just, just, there's nothing you can do, except they don't even have the courage to say that. They just are giving him weak legal advice uh, to the point that Sidney Powell started speaking up and telling him, Mr. President, don't you know you have the authority to do this? And that doesn't even take any new laws or any, no martial law, nothing like that. And he's just getting terrible legal advice. I, after about 30 minutes, broke in, 15 minutes maybe, and said, sir, I've been swimming around your administration, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. I'm going to tell you something, Mr. President. I've been swimming around the outside of your administration for a couple months now. And I can tell you, your White House people in the White House are telling me that they are getting the word to just get the president to concede, just get you to concede. And Mr. Trump was furious. Well, I, I should say furious. He, that got to him and he said, who said that? Who, you know, who would say that? And I said, Pat Cipollone. There's people right here in the, who can come up here and tell you, I could have them in in 30 minutes, who will tell you Pat Cipollone has been telling them that. As has, frankly, Mark Meadows has been saying, get the president into transition mode. Mark Meadows was on the telephone. He's a, I don't mean to focus blame on Mark Meadows. He's a weak man. He's a go along kind of guy. It doesn't cast much of a shadow as far as I could tell. Uh, but Cipollone, Cipollone was absolute. And it's funny when I called him out like that, he was stunned, but he didn't even deny it. He just squirmed and deflected and this kind of stuff. The three lawyers were so bad. I finally said, sir, uh, you were being so poorly served by your own staff. Uh, they, at, at one point, General Flynn, because they were standing up and kind of standing up on us. Finally, General Flynn got to his feet and he said, let's just be clear. I mean, I had turned to Flynn after about 20 minutes of this saying, this is the most surreal thing I've ever seen. They were yelling at the president at one point. They weren't just yelling at us. They were yelling at the president. And I said, this is the most surreal thing I've ever seen. Flynn finally jumped up and in a very gentlemanly way, but he <laughs> takes a lot to get Mike Flynn angry. He's a very cool customer, but he got to his feet and he said, let's just be clear what they were all on the same page. You agree that the president won on November 3rd. And these three lawyers, looked looked down and kicked their toes and the dirt. No one would give a straight answer. No one would give a straight answer to a simple question like that. And it was, and on several occasions, the president turned to me really quite sadly. I really felt for him. And I've made clear, I actually did not vote for President Trump. I'm a libertarian, a lifelong libertarian. I always vote libertarian. But I'm a big believer in the Constitution, and I don't want to see it shredded, which is what's happening right now. And he turned to me kind of sadly at one point. I really, my heart, 
my heart broke for the guy. He turned to me and he said, do you see what I've been dealing with here for four years? Can you imagine what I could have gotten done if I didn't have to work with people like this? Why? Let me ask you, because that's awful. Why is there so many incompetent lawyers and attorneys in Washington? Do they get there and then is the swamp so murky that they forget how to compete, forget how to be competent, forget how to function? It's not a question of them being incompetent. It's a question of them. They're venal. They're evil. They're being told that if you uh, if you get the president out of here without a fuss, Hobbs for a million dollars, two million dollars, you'll be invited to the right country clubs. You'll be you you won't. But if you don't, if there's a fuss about this, they're compromised. You'll never be accepted in like society, there won't be any jobs for you at lobbying for They are compromised. Mark Meadows is compromised in a different way. I'm not going to reveal it now. Uh, but I will say if he doesn't straighten out his act. And night that that was his last night in the office. And he's leaving. And the president said this, this man's going for a job at the law firms. Because they're leaving and, and they have all these job offers, law firms and lobbying companies. But those are all going to get snatched off the table if President Trump fights this. And for that reason, they are lying to him and giving him terrible advice. Uh, and I, my heart really broke for the guy. I wanted to hug, hug him. And, you know, I, I really came to see what people. So another my whole feelings about him changed, frankly, or evolved. I would say he's a much gentler and nicer guy than I would have expected. He's also very smart. I saw him pick up documents that Sidney Powell gave him and he flips through him. He's like a speed reader, how quickly he gets connections. Uh, and I'm, I really I really got a sense of what he's been fighting for four years. And it's it, it drove me crazy. There was a point it, it nearly came to blows in the sense of when they, after he was on his feet, I jumped up next to Flynn. So it was two Irishmen, Flynn and Byrne, facing off with these three lawyers. I really thought there was going to be they were they were really at the very limit of what should go as discuss, just about demanded what I would call a bitch slap in response. In fact, the president, the president from behind his desk, the president said, hey, everybody cool down, everybody simmer down. You know, he actually said at the end of it, this hasn't been a conversation like this in 200 years in this office, but it needed to. Those guys, they walked out the door and slammed the door several times on the president. They're horrible men. Uh, and I'm, they should, he should be firing. He, he absolutely should be. Now, do they understand how many people in the administration, from what you understand, realizes that this was a fixed election? And I don't think it was just Donald Trump. I think it was probably all sorts of positions. But that we can't have a fixed election that's this obvious. You, can, you just simply cannot allow these other people to come in because they it's essentially... They did a coup and it's destroying our, it's a, it's, you can't do it and keep the country going. And so to save the Republic, Donald Trump needs to win. And I'm sorry, it's not about Donald Trump. It's about the fact that he won this election and the proper winner needs to win. It's like playing a, a football game or something. Everybody knows who the winner is and then they just change the score and then, all the media says somebody else won and we're all looking, scratching yeah. our head because we saw who won. I mean, just because they all claim it and they all say it doesn't mean that's true. <laughs> you know, it's just so absurd. They're gaslighting us. They're gaslighting us. 
Yeah, if we bend the knee to this, Sarah, it's 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 our last free election. I uh, I did a doctorate in philosophy, so you don't have to. Let me tell you, and can you hear me okay, Sarah? I can. You're cutting out every so often. You know, it might be good just to go to uh, audio right now. Okay, you can. I'll just go. Uh, can you hear me still? Yes, this is great. Okay. I, uh, I did a doctorate in philosophy, so you don't have to. Let me, let me tell everybody who remind everybody what they should have learned in their grade school civics. There's basically two types of government, those that are authoritarian of different flavors, and those where it's recognized that government derives its power from the consent of the governed. In one way or another, it's the consent of the governed, which is to say us, it is through our consent that government has its legitimacy. Now, what, what, how do you know what it is that we, the governed, consent to? I can tell you, it's we hold elections that are free, fair, and transparent. And this, this is, makes a mockery of that. There's nothing, you know, this government, this country got wrapped around its axle for four years over a Russian collusion hoax that had nothing to it no legitimacy. It's all been exposed for what it was. And that tied us up for four years. In this case, we have 50,000 affidavits that have been written by Americans of both parties about things they saw and experienced. We have statistical evidence. We have computer forensics. We have a mountain of evidence of real voting mass irregularity, strategic irregularities that look like the whole thing was rigged. And for some reason, this you know they just want to bury it under cement. We need to get to the bottom of this. This country has given ground over recent decades on such fundamental issues as freedom of speech. We have these goons running around saying free speech isn't hate speech. Hate speech isn't free. We've given ground on religious liberty. You know, nuns being forced to pay for abortions. We've given grounds on rights of uh, peaceably assemble. Look at how the goons have started trying to intimidate uh, free people at, at you know, just in, in the streets. Uh, your right to be innocent until proven guilty. Look what happened to Kavanaugh. But here's one thing that if we compromise on this principle, we never get it back. And that principle is consent of the governed as determined by elections that are free, fair, and transparent. And anybody knows who's an eight-year-old knows that this that this election was not free fair and transparent and if we bend a knee on this it's not like it's going to get better in 2022 or 2024 it's the end it's the end of our experiment no i agree now you know people are worried and i want to see if you agree with me on this people are worried that if donald trump ends up that we fix what legitimately needs to be fixed to save this country that the left because the media is completely compromised they'll go nuts because they've been lied to continuously my thought on this is well so what that's what we have to deal with and they're going to be a rude awakening that the all that that the media had lied to so many people for so long and then the violence the left, the good people who are still naive enough will see that the violence is coming from them and that the media lied. Sure, there's still going to be people, people who are completely gone, but what do we get? I mean, so what? I mean, we have to face our demons. We have to fix it. Let me tell you, one of the, yeah, can I, can I be frank? Yeah, go, say, say it all. 
if. Fuck the media. <laughs> Let me tell you, one of the things that Pat Cipollone said was oh, God. one of the things that Pat Cipollone said was if you leave here, if you do, if you do basically, if you do anything that other than just well, take this, your your reputation in the media is going to drop. Who cares? To, you know, Flynn and that's Flynn, that was another moment. Flynn and I looked at each other like, <laughs> are we? Uh, why is that funny? Why is that ridiculous for him to say? <laughs> it's so obvious, right? Because could his his reputation be any lower? I mean, I they've done everything they can to to make him out to be a scumbag. Every single thing they've possibly been able to do, they've already done. And they're the scumbags, and they're the scumbags oh, because they are they want us. They are helping cram this down our throats. They're the scumbags. There's nothing Trump could do that would make them, you know, they are going to hound him the rest of his life. They're going to destroy his life and prosecute him. And so there's nothing he can do on that front anyway. And this was, you know, I, I don't mean to pry, but if for those people who've been, I won't ask you, have you ever been in a relationship with a narcissist, Sarah? But some of your listeners probably have. No, thank God. And what you learn is that it's the one condition that shrinks really don't want to treat. They can treat psychosis, they can treat schizophrenia, they can treat all kinds of things. But when you're talking about a narcissist, there's one and only one way to treat a narcissist, and that is to withdraw from the relationship. What narcissists do is they gaslight. You can catch them dead to rights, and they try to make you think you're the one who's crazy. That's what the media, we are in a, this country is in a relationship with a narcissist and our relationship with the media. And the thing to do is to withdraw from the mainstream media. It makes absolutely not one whit of difference what they have what, what they have to say. They're just playing control games and they're gaslighting and they're trying to make you Americans think that you're crazy and that you don't see what's right in front of your eyes. Any eight-year-old could see when you close down a, a vote counting operation and kick everyone out and then you start pulling suitcases of ballots underneath the skirts of tables oh and gosh. running them through machines, you know, it's just silly. They are gaslighting us. Well, it's like General McInerney says, and I love, every time he gets on, he uses this because it's just an, an idiot who wouldn't understand this. He says there were 2.5 million mail-in um, ballots in Pennsylvania, but only 1.8 million were mailed out. <laughs> it's just like, just that one stat is, it's like, okay, what more do you need to hear? It's and how can they how can they say there isn't enough evidence after just that one stat? You know, I'm a computer scientist. I'm a, essentially a mathematician, whatever, business person, but that's my core. So, and I don't think you need that kind of training to be able to see how obvious this was. But that night, it was so, it's so obvious. obvious. It was so painful for me. And um, I, I mean, I just, I just, these people are not that stupid. They can't be. Well... It's, yeah, they know, they know what's going on. It's shameful. And they're part, you know, they're part of what's happening. Uh, so what President Trump has to do, so now the foreign interference angle is what really needs to be covered. There is foreign interference. I've known about this for, well, I've known about it for weeks, but for several weeks, I've had the information that is now just coming to light about Savannah, Georgia. There was a vote. Can I walk the people through this evidence? Yes, absolutely. Go go through it. 
there was a vote counting operation in Savannah, Georgia, where there was a Dominion machine that they like to say isn't connected to the internet. Well, this Dominion machine had a wireless card in it and it was connected to by, there was a, a thermostat in the room, a smart thermostat. And we have the photographs and the forensic evidence that shows that thermostat connected to the wireless card in the Dominion machine and tracing back who was doing it, it traces back to an IP in China owned by a Chinese telecom company. Oh. So there was a Chinese telecom company, which has previously been accused of being in bed with the government, that was coming through the internet on election night as votes were being counted, coming through the internet, coming to the thermostat in a room in Savannah, Georgia, from there accessing the wireless card in the vote tabulating machine. All of that, the computer forensics and the photographs we've had for several weeks. There was just a couple hours ago, there was a man testifying down in Georgia in some hearing, and he knows about this, and his name's Pulitzer. And you'll see, I just tweeted out this two-minute clip. He says, look, right here, right now, we are on these machines. We have, we, and we can, that we are, we're accessing these machines. We should not be able to access these machines but we are doing it right now from i think you know he's like his laptop or something so that in itself and that's just one that this could and almost certainly did happen in hundreds or thousands of vote operations around the country so that fact alone completely disqualifies this election we have no idea what the will of the people was on november 3rd there's no way to know because you've had chinese among many other reasons we don't know is we now have 100% concrete proof that Chinese, somebody, some agents in China were, were hacking in and on our Dominion vote counting machinery during the, the, the process of the votes being counted. And that's just one of a stack of things that, that we can prove 100% ironclad happened. And how odd it is that these state judges are rushing everything to a conclusion and trying to say nobody has any standing and nobody can sue and it's all got to be you know they that's because these these supreme courts the, at the state level are 70 75 percent democrat or and even the republicans aren't really republicans and they're just honest so it's this is a mass heist what some very clever people figured out is that to steal the united states of america you don't need to cheat in elections across the country you need to cheat in six counties, but in those counties, you got to cheat like hell. And those six counties, if you cheat there, you flip those six swing states they are in, which flips the electoral college, which steals you the country. So there were six counties. They cheated like crazy. And those happened to be the counties where things happened like, you know, a water main broke in the middle of the yep. night and they had to clear out the the arena, if it turns out that was an, a, a, a urinal, a urinal overflowed is what the investigators found later. But they still said uh, they cleared out the arena. And then what do you know? They're pulling suitcases of ballots no one had seen before, pulling them out and feeding them into machines. So this was there's a Chinese attack. So anyway, I'm going ahead. Do you, do you follow me so far? Yeah, I'm following you. Just keep going. I, that's because I've been following all this stuff, but I, I think our listeners have been for the most part too. So they're following as well, I would I would assume. May I tell you a little bit more about China? Talk about that. 
Yeah, I mean, because that's our issue is, well, we have... Well, we have multiple problems here. I would say we do know that Trump won. What we don't know is how many other people were cheated out of their seats as well, because I think this was a, a sweep. Do you know who Truman Black and his team is? They're, the, they're like 500 computer scientists and mathematicians that, and I assume you were working with some of them or had your own team. And these are top people across the country, university people, you know, people in industry, they were all just like, holy crap, just like me, just like you, where we all saw it immediately and knew what happened. And they went to town getting information and looking at all the source data. And they were telling me that we that the Republicans took the Congress and the Senate and the presidency. It was a sweep across all. I mean, this was a major sweep. This was a whole landslide. But so many races were fixed. And they had cases where they were showing where the penetration points were on the internet in all the different areas. They were showing, I mean, they had a, they have a ton of data and I know you do too. And this isn't just slumps, you know, these aren't idiots doing it. This is, these are the best people we have in the country that were like patriots who are the best, who said, I can't sit and allow this to happen. I got to use my skills. I know how to do this. I know how to rectify this or at least not rectify it but at least prove it and i'm going to use my skills to do something for this country and like i said they're university people they're top industry people that all came together and did this just like your team did and i, I mean you came up with i don't you probably worked with some of them but what do you say to that well we've been i've been finding a couple groups of cyber hack cyber detectives yeah, they're absolutely correct. And it doesn't matter which side you're on. If you're intellectually honest, you cannot accept this. Exactly. The, the, the evidence is just overwhelming at this point that this was hacked. I do think, you know, I think, I don't know this for true, but I think there were five elections in Virginia and two in Nevada and maybe some in California that were that were stolen too. So this... It could be, you know, anywhere these, this equipment is being used around the world, there, it's involved in scandals from the Philippines to multiple African countries. And it's basically, if you're a thug and you're in power and you don't, you want to give up, you don't want to give up power, you bring in this Dominion voting system and you control it and you can steal yourself an election. So this is, I think this is voting systems known for by people who want to cheat, bring it in. So that's why you see this stuff involved in scandals all over the world. And they... Because um, it's obvious. So I think that, yeah, it's a, so the foreign election aspect of it... Yeah, this is, is important. So it, it may well be the case that some very clever people figured out two decades ago... If we get in the business of election machinery, we can do things that will gradually shift the entire world. You know, we're not going to take a centrist country and make it communist overnight. But if what we do is we use it to shave elections and yes. keep edging yep. out and shifting more, you could shift the whole world in one direction. You can shift the whole world in one direction. And I think that it may well be that if, if we had honest election equipment, we may discover we have twice as many Democrats in office that really get really deserve to be there if you have a free and fair election. I also want to emphasize this isn't just Democrats. There no. are Republicans in office. I, I know. The Republican governor of Arizona and Georgia, certainly Georgia, 
I believe is going to turn out to be corrupt. You know, it isn't just everyone's talking about this hundred million dollar contract that Dominion got this summer for Georgia. There's something a good journalist looks in needs to look into, and that is it wasn't just the hundred million dollars. There was, was an eleven million dollar implementation fee, and some <laughs> good journalist should look into by going through public records who got paid that implementation fee. And what is that person's relationship to the secretary of state and the governor? So you have incredibly Georgia. I had no idea Georgia was anything like this. It is so corrupt. It is so corrupt and dishonest, the, the politicians down there. So you have Republican pe people in on this and Democrats. But overwhelmingly, the benefit of this or the purpose of all this has been to shift the population leftward. Yeah, and I think this has been an ongoing operation, and this they just decided they're going to implement hard right now because the first thing you do when you're at war is you take over the media, right? It's very, very obvious our media has been completely taken over. It's just a joke. Our high-tech companies, which is essentially our media right now, is has, has been taken over. We've been deplatformed, although thankfully there's alternatives that are just as, because everybody's saying we don't want to listen to this other crap. And so we've, we still have quite a bit of listeners. In fact, I haven't even lost um, my, the numbers. But, you know, I, but the point is, is that they deplatformed us all at the same time. And they, they took, and, and it's not just um, Trump supporting people. They're deplatforming anybody that goes against the COVID rules as well, because we know COVID is part of this whole operation. And Correct. this whole lockdown and this whole mail-out ballots, because I had 10 videos with doctors that were removed off YouTube. I'm like, what What the hell? All of that information has proved to be truth now. I mean, everybody knows it's true, but you deleted it because you're the, who are you, you know? I, it's it's really hard to watch watch this because we know, you know, I, I did a speech at, um, at a conference on uh, the First Amendment. And the the one thing about the First Amendment is that you have the right to offend. That's what makes our First Amendment so powerful, is the right to offend. Because what's offensive right. to, to you or what's offensive to me is not the same thing. My, my religion could be offensive to somebody else and their religion could be offensive to me. So we have the right to offend because otherwise you have no rights. Yeah, and if, and if you don't, then people can always... You, then there's a heckler's veto. Anyone can say, well, yes. I'm offended by you holding that point of view and therefore you're not allowed to hold it or express it. So you can't, it's, it's, this is kindergarten stuff. This is kindergarten it stuff. Is. We should have, it is. You know, it, it's silliness. Hate, hate speeches and free speech. That kind of stuff is kindergarten stuff. Well, I, and that's what I say to my husband. It's like, where are the, the adults right now? It's like, we're being run by the you know, the, they always say the the um, patients are running the asylum. I mean, that's what it feels like right now, but it's almost worse than that. It's like the adults left the room and we're being run by the, the kindergartners. I mean, I don't, just real basic things. Well, it comes because we have such an uneducated millennial set at this point. They don't teach even the most basic things about our country. They teach them fake history, fake civics. They don't know anything. It's really, you know, even... On subjects like slavery, I, I, you know, I talked to in the, the history of slavery, and I agree there are two great black marks against this country yeah, in our history, and that's is. the slavery and the Native Americans. Yeah. But you actually talk to some of the, the, I've got some friends who are BLM protesters, 
And when I talk to them about it, I'm astonished at how little actual history they know mm-hmm. about even slavery uh, and how it was actually Britain. It was our tradition. You know, slavery was around for tens of thousands of years, all of recorded history and pre-recorded history. It was prehistory. It, but some activists in Oxford, England, in the late 1800s, figured out that it was inconsistent with our emerging philosophical tradition. And the Brits really get the lion's share of the credit for shutting down slavery. In the U.S., when we outlawed it a few decades later, we went on to shut it down for the whole world. The Brits and the U.S. working together. The London Anti-Slavery Society, you know, slavery is making a resurgence, of course, in Muslim-controlled areas because Islam and slavery, you know, Muhammad was, of course, a slaver. And he, he's the one, Muhammad is the one who started the African slave trade, which incidentally, just to put numbers on it, the United, there were about 10 and a half million slaves taken from Africa to the Americas, of which the majority went to Brazil. About 320 to 350,000 came to the colonial United States. Meanwhile, the Arab, the Muslim world, took somewhere between 30 and 40 million slaves from Africa. So that's something like 100 times as many came to the United States. It was all started by Muhammad. Why aren't they out burning down mosques? You know, why they want to tear down statues of George Washington, but you know, the, the, the tradition started by Muhammad's 100 times worse by the numbers than what the US was involved in. And yet they don't want to burn down mosques. That's because that this is all just a fig leaf. It's a red herring. What they want is, and the, the Marxists behind all this are using yes. people like the BLM protesters to achieve other ends that really don't have anything to do with, with, with that.